Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Janet. Um, I'm, uh, gosh, <laughs> um, putting it, simplifying it. I'm a life coach, um, and that's all about helping people progress from where they are to where they want to be. I also do some facilitation using coaching skills as well, so that's helping people to um, look at themselves as where they want to go through through workshops and, and facilitation work. So my whole thing really is around helping people to get from one spot to another spot. Um, and in saying that, what we're talking about tonight is something that I've had um, experience of working with people with mental health problems so that's you know another tear in the bow so just those life skills really about how people cope and what they do and understanding it better because sometimes we're not really understanding it so yeah i have a great interest in um you know connecting with people finding about the psychological parts of who we are as human beings and how we operate so yeah that's, that's me Okay, thank you. Thank you, Janet. Um, Yvonne, can you introduce yourself to um, the listening audience? And really glad to have you on the show. Hi there, everybody. My name's Yvonne J. Douglas. I'm otherwise known as the Starseed Alchemist. I am a shamanic practitioner, spiritual guidance coach and counsellor. And all these topics that you're going to be talking about today, um, I am very knowledgeable in. I'm an expert in, you know, work with people with mental health, deep traumas, and I heal people on a very deep and soul level um, using energy as well as the counselling. And yes, so that's me in a nutshell. Thank you, Yvonne. Um, Kwame, um, do you want to share a few words about what you do on the show with us tonight? And thank you for being here with us tonight. You're welcome. So um, I'm a counsellor and psychotherapist in a private practice. Um, I've been doing it over 10 years now, working with a, a range of clients. And um, for me, it's just working where they are and um, the experiences and helping them, helping them to understand their challenges quite often uh, in relation to the context of their lives. Thank you, Kwame. Um, and I hope, um, Gigi, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, fantastic. So, Gigi, thanks for being here with us tonight. And can you share a few words about your background um, with the listening audience? Well, first of all, thank you so very much for giving me this opportunity to be here. Uh, my name is Glenn Gore. My nickname is Gigi. That's my stage name. But I'm also a songwriter, singer, musician, but I'm also an inventor as well. I got into the invention business back in 1988. And uh, I'm just one of those type of people that I'm a stick to itiveness. So anything that kind of interests me, I stick with it if I feel like that is my calling, if I feel like that is something that I'm destined to do. And as far as music is concerned, music is just a part of my life. I grew up with that from childhood. I had sister, I had brothers that sung in church. Uh, they did a lot of gospel singing and stuff when they had our group, when they had the group of my brothers when they were younger. Uh, I grew up in a household that listened to a lot of gospel music. And of course, when one of my brothers passed away, they did, they kind of dispersed. But then I had gotten the bug. I, I kind of gotten the passion for wanting to do music. So it's been a part of my life all my life. Okay, thank you, um, Gigi. And I think we've got some of your tracks. We might play some of those a bit later on. 
Um, but we are going to get the conversation started with um, mental health and spirituality, self-help, self-care and self-love. And I, I'd like to start first by just asking the question to each of you. What does mental health mean to you? And um, yeah, we'll start with that, just the basics, so that we're all kind of coming from, you know, we're all kind of getting an idea where everyone's coming from. So um, who wants to start? Or should I just pick someone? It's probably better if I pick somebody. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Yvonne. Uh, mental health, it's, you know, when we think of mental health, people of, often go to ill mental health straight away. Um, but actually it's how you manage your, your how you manage your mind, your well-being, your world. And um, if you struggle with mental ill health, then it's important that you, you seek help. So it's it's really about how you perceive the world, how you perceive yourself, your behaviours. That's all included in your mental health. Thank you, Yvonne. And, you know, I really think this is a really important topic, especially with this year and as we're coming out of 2020. I just really wanted us mm. to have a conversation that I feel, you know, will help people who may be struggling or going through things. Um, Kwame, um, can you give your take on mental health, please? Um, sure. For me, um, I think of mental health as something that's on a spectrum um, from well-being, which relates to relationships, uh, physical activity, um, just general health, just kind of your phys- um, physical health, mental health. And then you have other other end of the spectrum, mental mental illness that relates to some like trauma, emotional injuries. Um, so for first and foremost, I like to see it as it's on a continuum, and people can go up and down on that continuum at different points in their lives. And then and also mental well health and slash well being is also about how you deal with the, the the stresses of life, how you do things that help you to thrive as well. So um, it's, 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 it's very hard to pin down, but I think of it in, in some of those terms. Okay, thank you, Kwame. Um, Janet, um, can you give your take on mental health? Okay, I, I see it as mental health as um, how you operate the being that you're in, how you think, how you feel, all the messages that are given to you um, within your your body, your mind, and all the messages that come from outside and how that kind of internalizes and how you project. So it's just that whole being of yourself. Thank you, Janet. Um, Gigi, um, can you give us your take on mental health? And I know you've done some, um, you've started something this year to help people with the COVID. So I don't know if you want to bring that in at this stage or maybe on another question, but can you give us your take as well? Well, uh, you know, for me, like I agree with everyone, with what everyone has just said. But in addition to that, to me, I think your mental health for you as an individual is it's all it's like a blueprint. It's like your fingerprint to me. It's like it identifies as to who you are. Mental health is just like a this, the phrase that you you lose, like saying common sense. Everyone doesn't have common sense, so everyone doesn't have common sense. Even though you may be brilliant in certain aspects of things, but then it's it's your mental capacity, and and. To me, it's what you feed into your mind actually cause your whole makeup. For me, I'm very careful about even if it's music or who I associate with or what have you. 
is it what feeds my it what feeds my my character if not, it what feeds my intellect feeds what makes me or uh, helps me uh uh shall i say gauge who i want to be or who i am so 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 to, so to me mental health can be quite a, a, a an interesting topic to me because it's just like with your body for him for instance with your body it plays a lot on on your overall body mentally it, it kind of helps you guide who you are it helps you guide your balance and in, in, in your health and, and everything so sometimes you can have an ache and pain in your body and it plays with you mentally mm-hmm. you know it plays with you mentally mentally you're not you're not hurting but your but your mind telling you that you're hurting you know so it's, it's kind of a very delicate subject to me to try to express because it can go in so many different directions so I, I I think I'll stop where I'm at right now because I can elaborate I can elaborate so much about this okay thank you um thank you Gigi um and you know what I'd like to do is um because mental health I want to really ask mental health and spirituality how would you how would you sort of um would you say the two play a part or would you say that's a totally different aspect or would you say the two have some help in helping people to get out of any sort of difficult stresses or trauma that they might be in um i'm going to start with um kwame on that question (laughs) thank you for coming to me um for me they are they are intertwined um and it becomes for me it becomes a basis for kind of the fortitude to deal with the challenge of healing so if you've got specific emotional injuries, if you have, if you've got specific traumas that you need to process, it does sometimes take a leap of faith to um, do the work that needs to be done because you don't know where it's going to take you. You just know that you are in pain and the pain needs to be, and the suffering that's coming from that pain needs to be dealt with, needs to be processed. And sometimes um, quite, quite often people can also be afraid of the fu- the unknown, the unknown, and future that comes with healing versus where versus where they are now. So you do need an aspect of um, a leap of faith or and and uh, um, a fortitude to say I don't know where it's going to take me, but I know that I'm going to try. I know that I'm going to do the work required, and, and then I see where that takes me. So I think sometimes the um, the strength of, of someone's spiritual faith, um, or for some people, some some people's religious faith may be the bedrock and, and and the platform for them to do the work necessary thank you Kwame I love that and I um, want to speak to Yvonne because um, I know Yvonne during this year with the lockdown and everything she published a book and there was a lot on spirituality and mental health as well so um, Yvonne do you want to come in and ask that question does that what I asked does that um, resonate with you does that make sense or what would you yes. say Yes, it makes a lot of sense because um, we, we have to remember that we are actually spiritual beings having a human experience. And uh, in my experience and the, and the clients that I see, a lot of people struggle with mental health because they've actually forgotten that they are this, this spiritual being that resides within this human body. And when we neglect that aspect of ourselves, we tend to develop mental health issues. Um, so I do see that it's very interlinked and it's very important that we are very much aware of our spiritual self us, and we need to feed our souls. And the more we do that, 
it really does help with any kind of mental health issues. For example, I find that meditation helps with so many things. It helps with stress. It helps with anxiety. It can even lower your blood pressure and all these type of things. So definitely spirituality and mental health are very much inter- intertwined. Thank you, Yvonne, for that. I love that. Um, and Janet, what would you say about spirituality and mental health? Yeah, again, like what Yvonne said, um, Tanya said, they, they are interlinked and there isn't one definitive of how they are because um, maybe sometimes I think of certain things, sometimes when there's a breakdown on something, like, you, you know, stressing you, and then you can go into yourself and I, I know a lot of this, is, you know, we're not really taught how to do this. When we can go into ourselves, we can find those answers of our problems and sometimes even find ourselves in a deeper space. So they, it, yeah, it, they, they definitely are interlinked. It might be from one to the other, or, you know, it might be from mental health to, to spirituality or the other way around to, to kind of um, help you navigate life itself. So it's all about kind of wanting to connect and get to know yourself um, and you can start to use that mental drive to go into the spirituality as well um, either whether you want to go for healing or you just want to connect with yourself more so definitely I would say you know when you wake up a bit like what Yvonne has said you know getting into yourself in through meditation or stillness or whatever word you that fits comfortably with you because everybody you know sometimes links into di- associate different words with different things but whatever brings you that kind of calm and stillness to really look at it because you know that ego is always going at and saying no don't do this or no that's wrong or this is not what you usually do so it's just getting that that fine art so i would say they're definitely linked um I don't, I'm not prefer, prefer to say that it's one, to, which way it goes, or maybe there isn't no routine of which way it goes, which way it goes, but it's, it's definitely linked, I would say. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Janet. And Gigi, um, what would you say about that topic, um, spirituality and mental health? How would you, do you see it as a, you know, there's a connection there? You know, I tell you, I've discussed a lot of topics, <laughs> but this is a tough one. This is a very good, I listened to everyone just now. This is a very good topic because it's so, it's so hard. But to me, I tell you, just like I agree with everything that everyone just said. But in addition to that, I also say that I'm very careful about who I associate with as well. Because sometimes people have strong personalities. And, 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 like, and like I just said, like, your mental health and your spirituality they do intertwine with one another and i'm and i'm just now beginning to get into meditation myself and i can tell the difference in my body i can tell the difference in the pain that i go through because of some of the pains that i'm suffering from now like with rheumatoid arthritis and things like that when i when i just try to fight the pain i call myself trying to work out i'm just going to dominate the pain i'm just going to take control it doesn't work that easy it doesn't work that way when I sit down and try to meditate and try to calm myself and try to calm my body, I feel myself being able to control the pain much better when I when I approach it that way. But at the same time, when it comes to mental uh, mental health, like as you said, as I stated earlier, some people have strong personalities. So it doesn't make a difference on how educated you may be. 
it, that's 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 irrelevant to me. It, it, it sometimes people have a, a a very strong mental personality, and if they have a very strong mental personality, you have to be very careful about who you associate with, or who you allow yourself to communicate with, <laughs> because that can be you have to safeguard your own man. You have to safeguard your own mentally uh, uh, mental health. Because sometimes people can dominate your mental health if you're not careful. So, and I find myself in those sort of situations sometimes, especially when you're talking about being in being in business. That's a great way. That's a that's a great segue there. When you talk about being in business, you have to be very careful when you're dealing with people in business, regardless of who you're dealing with. You have to listen to how strong their personality can be sometimes, because sometimes it can dominate you and push you off or take you in a direction that you don't want to go. And then someone asks you, well, what made you do that? Why, why did you do that? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes that's that, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. So I'm very careful about how, how I navigate on and how I associate myself and how I communicate with people, because that's another source of, 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 of mental health to me as well. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that, um, JJ. Um, agree with that. And uh, I'm sure the other guests do as well. Um, what I'd like to do now is just really sort of touch on self-care, self-love. And with what you just said there, um, JJ, just want to ask each of you, you know, how important is it to um, look at your self-love and self-care? And what does it actually look like to um, love yourself and to take care of yourself? Um, so we'll start with Janet on that question. Um, so it's going to be so different for everybody again. Um, it's not one size fits all in no shape or form. Again, a little bit about what we're talking about is all about how we connect to ourselves. So sometimes even looking at self-care or self-love is how asking those hard questions from the other way around. How did we disconnect from ourselves, you know, to not love ourselves and care for ourselves? So sometimes when we're able to look at those questions, we can then go deeper into what self-care is. And it's so much more than the, the you know, the things that sometimes are written in uh, magazines or the line or whatever. Yes, it's good to treat yourself and treat yourself nice and treat yourself well. But it's also about that looking at who you are in any given moment and just being with yourself. Sometimes you're not always going to feel 100%. You know, we've got to keep it real that um, it's not every day you're going to be buzzing on 110, but it's really taking care of who you are. So that taking care of self-care can sometimes be saying no to something that you usually always jump at and to analyze why you do what you do. That self-care can be saying yes, things like affirmations and, and, and treating yourself right to you know the lovely things that we can do for ourselves but sometimes it's the deep murky stuff that we have to kind of face our emotional well-being to ourselves how do we connect with ourselves how do we cheer ourselves on if no one else is cheering us on what do we do where do we go a bit a, a little bit about what jesus said who are we mixing with you know we can say someone else is toxic but are we the person that is causing our own pain as well. So self-care for everybody, I think it's, it's very deep. It's a very deep thing. And it depends on the level where you are and where you're at. And, and I'm, I'm sure that fluctuates because we're human beings, so we're never going to be on one level. But it's kind of understanding who you are 
or what your emotional needs are, how you connect with, the, you know, your very core of who you are. And that's a discovery in itself, you know. I, I mean, I'm still discovering who I am. And sometimes you're unraveling all the stuff that, you know, was given to you and tied up in a box, your habits, your behaviours and so forth. So self-care for me is really just getting to the core of who you are and feeding that core with things that you're accepting sometimes that things won't be 100%, but you're still riding with yourself, you're still believing in yourself. Even when you, you know, you fall off the cliff a little, you get back on. It's not totally being happy 100%, never doing anything wrong. It's, it, you know, it's kind of accepting the dark and the light shade of yourself, which is a pro, you know, it's a process and, a, you know, and a progression. And sometimes it's two steps forward and three back, but it's always just, you know, having having your, your backup, really, having your backup for yourself and cheering yourself to the, to the next point. That's yeah, but that's how I feel. Thank you, Janet. I know that's a really important topic that you work with your clients with. Um, Kwame, what would you say to that um, question about self-love and self-care? What does that look like? And I know with the people you work with, your clients. Um, I think for self, particularly self-care, is I, I think of it in two different ways. There's things that needs to be done and or, or we need to do on a um, on a regular basis which is and and it's, it's intentional as well so intentional in terms of we proactively do these things uh, whether it's kind of um, kind of activities such as obviously being active being um, exercise um, going out in nature walking um, doing doing some sort of uh, physical activity that kind of nurtures your, your body as well as helps your body to release to 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 de-stress to decompress. So there's things that we do for our mind, body, and spirit on a on a um, proactive basis, and then there's also things that we do to respond to our current needs. So that requires you to be attuned into to to be attuned into yourself. So sometimes you may recognise that actually. You're, you're a bit sleep deprived so you may need to go to bed a bit early or you need or you may need to take some annual leave so you have a few days of rest or you may need to have some me time whatever that looks like um so there's so it's two different things um um happening as well so it's being proactive but also being responsive um and both things require some some level of intention um and i, and I think that's quite often um what we so sometimes gets gets missed off is that is that need for for our self-care and self-love to be intentional self-love from a therapeutic point of view i always think of it in terms of obviously what was poured into you because quite often we feel as though people kind of self-love is just something that is is uh, is, is uh, intuitive whilst from a therapeutic point of view it's these are all the things that are poured into you are nurtured into you so if you haven't had a, a sense of being being loved unconditionally as they say then how can you have it for yourself so um i like to think of it as in terms of quite often if people have whether it's self-confidence low self-esteem, low, low self-esteem issues these are some of the work that needs to be done to build up their sense of self um so a lot a lot of these things from as a, as a therapist is what i deal with as well and quite often it comes from um childhoods work where they've had um let's say less than ideal um nurturing and caregiving no, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there 
Thank you very much, um, Kwame, for that. Um, so we're going to go to we're going to go to Gigi, and then we're going to go to Yvonne on this same question. Gigi, what do you want to say about um, self care and self love? Well, I tell you, for me, I, I learned a, I learned a very valuable lesson, and I didn't realize how much so you know what is what all is entailed and how precious it is to have self love. And and what I mean by this is that when I look at my background. And, and how I progressed from from childhood to where I'm at, to where I am now, it's always been uh, macho macho. I got to be number one. I got to be the winner. I, 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 I you know we can't stand a loser. I got to always win. And then I became a drill sergeant. And when I became a drill sergeant in the military. And I'm think and I think everybody knows the background of a drill sergeant. I think I think most people know what a drill sergeant is like. Well, I've been a drill sergeant, and I look at, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the macho guy and everything. But then as I, when I got out of the military, I started learning a different process on, on, on being how to self-love. I put myself, I, I learned a lot by, uh, about myself through other people. I, 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 I look at the better I treat them, the better I'm treating myself, you know. But when I was in the military, it was just the opposite. It was like, I'm the number one. I'm the guy. You need to look like me. You need to be like me. You need to be macho like me. You know, That's the way it was. But then everyone is not on that same plane. So what I did after getting out of the military, and I fell on some hard times, and I went through some difficult uh, uh, situations and things, and, and I felt lost for a minute. I felt lost. And I was trying to find myself love. I was trying to put myself in a position how I can love myself. How, and the biggest key that I found was how I treated other people. When I started treating other people so delicately, so to give an example, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an inventor. I make back support belts. That's just one of my products. Excuse me. But the back support belt that I make, I'm not focusing on what it does for me. Thank God it helps me a lot. But what my primary focus on is what it would do for others. So when I, when I created my product, I, I gave away a lot of them for free. I gave hundreds of them away for free. I wanted to see how other how other people react to it, how it benefits them. So I started putting all my self-love into them. And in return, I got the love I needed for myself. So 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 that's how I conquered what I do. When I talk to other people, I say, you need to, when I see what people go through, I say, you need to get more sleep. Uh, or you need to get more of that. You need to exercise more. You need to drink more water. You need to change your diet. Uh, you know all of these sorts of things that I can see that I felt that other people need to do need to go through to better themselves. But at the same time, I had to take my own advice because people will point it out to you to you sometime when you you know practice what you preach. You tell other people this is what they need to do. What are you doing for yourself? And that's how I keep myself balanced. And that's how I, I move through life as today. I've, I'm, I'm very much aware of who I am, what I'm about. I'm very centered on who I am. But I get this when I when I get this when I get that feeling that I'm stepping out of bounds, or when I'm when I'm in bounds or what have you. Trust me, I've I've been so I've been so passionate toward other people. They will bring it to my attention, and they'll let me know, hey, something ain't right about you. Something kind of off with you. What blah blah blah. So in other words, we need one another. We really do need one another. I don't care how brilliant you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many books you write. Until somebody tells you that book you wrote is brilliant, 
that book is just some words on a piece of paper. When someone tell until someone tell you that song that you wrote or that instrument you played was was fantastic, until someone tells you how 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 great that is, you just made some noise. So, to my opinion, we need one another, and I and I'm living the best life of my life right now because I I I've, I've, I've jumped into helping. I jumped into other people's needs one thousand percent, and I see that reflection comes back to me. Now, everyone out there now is not going not going to be willing to take your advice or willing to help, let, allow you to help them when they are down on their luck or when they're down or whatever. And unfortunately, that's just the way the world is. Some people you have to just pass by. I don't, I don't degrade them or degrade them. I just pass by because they're not in need of what I'm trying to share with them. But I found myself. I found myself by helping other people, and that's how I found who I am. And I'm living the best life I can live right now. Okay, JG, thank you. And yeah, we do all need each other. And uh, I love what you had to say there. Yvonne, I know this is a really important topic to you as well. And I know you've got much to say on on self-care and self-love. So yeah, just we're listening to what you have to say. And I know in your book, the one you wrote recently, there was um, quite a bit on there as well. Yeah. Um, Yes, so really... um the question that we need to really ask ourselves is how do we treat ourselves? And that's a really poignant question because that then points to how much you really do love yourself. Now, Whitney Houston's song, The Greatest Love of All, is learning to love yourself. And it is so, so true because many people look out, look for outside validation when actually we need to be able to validate ourselves. And when you start to look within and do healing work, you may, you may start to realize, actually, I don't love myself because I don't treat myself very well. You know, I do things that are detrimental to my health. And um, I might accept, um, what's it called? Behaviors from other people that are really quite abusive. And if that's the case, that means you don't really love yourself. And somebody that will accept abusive behaviour, they may do that because that's all they know. That's all they've grown up in. They may have come from an abusive background, a neglectful background. Hence, they wouldn't know how to treat themselves nicely. So they have to relearn that. And so when I have my clients, I teach them to unlearn the unhealthy behaviours of how they treat themselves and how they allow others to treat them so that they can relearn new behaviors. It's like actually reparenting themselves so that they learn to get their needs met, their healthy needs met. And this is one of the main things about loving yourself. You learn to get your needs met. You learn you learn who you are. What do you need as a person, as a soul? What is What are your needs? And you, you make sure you get those needs met. So most of my clients are highly sensitive souls, empaths. And so sometimes their needs are much more different than, than those who are not so sensitive. So things like going for walks in the park, as Kwame said, you know, taking salt baths and um, detoxing from energy, eating healthy foods and watching healthy things on, you know, reading books that all these sorts of things are ways of really taking care of yourself and you know, being able to set boundaries 
boundaries is a big thing for a lot of people. You know, Janet talked about being able to say no. That's also self-care. Because sometimes people say yes, yes, yes to everything, to anyone. And then they resent it because they're just so drained and so tired and they don't have time for themselves. So again, being able to say no is such a healthy thing to be able to do. And I always say no is a sentence all on its own because we have to be able to... I often say, you if you're going to give, yes, we are a community, we are all connected and it's lovely to give, but we can't give from an empty cup. We have to fill up our cup so that it's overflowing so that we can then give to others. And how we fill up our cup is by really taking care of ourselves, really nurturing ourselves, relearning, reparenting, validating ourselves and having that unconditional love. When we have unconditional love for ourselves, then we can have unconditional love for others. And that's, that's to me, that's how it, it your self-love and your self-care should, should take place. It's really about how do I treat myself? Wow, thank you. Thank you so much, um, Yvonne, for that um, answer. And, you know, what I want to ask now is, obviously, we're in a, this year's been a very strange year. And, you know, there's lockdowns and people have, you know, lost jobs, lost relationships, lost loved ones as well. And talking about, you know, mental health and spirituality and how to, you know, take care of yourself and and love yourself. um, What I'd like to, not so much a scenario, but what would you say about, would you say this year um, and what's happened if somebody already had some of these issues, you know, they weren't probably, they didn't have the best of boundaries. They weren't really taking care of themselves. Would you say that all the things, all the erratic things that's happened this year, would you say that that would have a serious impact? Because we've heard, you know, lots of stories of people, um, you know, neglecting themselves and a lot of mental health, you know, issues going on this year. Um, what, What I'd like to do, start with Kwame on that question. Have we lost Kwame? I think oh, we have. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. um, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. Good. Just to clarify, let's clarify, Mark. Are you, are you asking about whether it will be a catalyst for some some sort of mental ill health? Yeah, I suppose what I'm really just wanting to put out there, and what I want us to do, is really just um, um, show how you know it's so important to take care of yourself, and also to show what it looks like when you don't, and something you know huge, something like global happens where nobody's been through this before and obviously if you haven't got some of these things in place how it can actually cause you issues and you know again what can be done to remedy the situation okay thanks for clarifying um for these things it's always contextual on on the person and and what they're facing and um it could be that what has happened over the last kind of seven eight months will create a tipping point for for some people depending on where they were um prior to um, kind of physically emotionally psychologically where they were within themselves prior to the pandemic and lockdown and everything that's ha- that, that has happened so it's going to be dependent on on that in terms of how they are able to respond to the demands and challenges on them um, it could be job insecurity it could be uh, some people is, is uh, feeling isolation loneliness 
it could be some people's um, kind of finances. So it's really depending on on the challenge the person is facing and how they're able to respond to it if they feel in control or out of control. Um, and it's really trying to find the basis for, for for dealing with that in in healthy ways or constructive ways, um, and utilizing relationships and and people around them. So sometimes, well, there's a phrase that um, I kind of learned, which is people break at the, at the weakest point. So depending on the challenges, it could be that it challenges some of the um, the the fundamental um, issues that they may be dealing with um, in their lives. So if they are have um, re- poor relational issues and then they are on lockdown and feeling isolated and lonely, that might exacerbate that and might lead to um, depression for some people, that might lead to anxiety for other people. So it really, really depends on what the person is facing and if they feel equipped enough to deal with it. And if they, if they don't, do they have the, do they have the self-awareness to recognize what they need to do to, to help themselves? Thank you, Kwame. So, yeah, I hear you there. Um, So it's about getting the tools and this is what you all provide as coaches, um, psychotherapists, um, spiritual teachers and shaman. um, Yeah. So this is, yeah. So um, just add to that, Monica. So I could just add to that. I think think that can be the real challenges that um, we are here talking, I guess, from from, from a very self-aware um, standpoint of view and quite often when people are really stressed and they are really in the midst of it they find it hard to think think clearly or, or think through it um, and they become very very reactive to 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 the situation and it's trying to um, hopefully the person has enough self-awareness to recognize what they're going through and then, and then be able to, to reach out um, for, for for appropriate support. Thank you for that, Kwame. So we're going to answer the, the same question. We're going to answer the same question to Gigi. Do you want to? Um, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. Um, so what's your what's your thoughts on the question? Well, my thoughts are it's just like I tell you, this pandemic was a is an unfortunate thing, but a lot of people, and I'm very sensitive when I say what I say, what I'm saying is that a lot of people have been very comfortable. With the where, with what they do in life, some people just want to just work, get a paycheck at the end of forty weeks, at the end of forty hours, and get paid. And that just the way their life was, day in, day out. I mean, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. That's just all they do. And all of a sudden, this hits, and then everyone panics. They panic because they don't know anything else. They don't have any other skills. They don't know what else they can do. At least that's the way they feel. That's the way they feel. But I believe there's nowhere in this world that you can live, at least if you, if you, over 30 years of age, there's nowhere you can live to be 30 years of age or more and only know one type of task or only know one type of skill. I'm sure over the course of your life, you've learned how to do more than one type of skill, something that can earn you a living. It just so happens you may have settled into this one to earn a living with that. But desperate time calls for desperate needs. So in desperate time call for desperate needs, to my opinion, you have to start learning how to diversify yourself. You have to look back into your back life. I have to look back into what you used to do and, 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 and regenerate that, rejuvenate that, shall I say, bring it back into play. 
Because right now, a lot of the business, this is a global world that we live in now. And a lot of business now is being done on the internet. And people selling some a little everything on there. Even if you're not internet savvy, you need to learn how to negotiate, communicate with someone else, join forces, come together. A lot of people who knows how to do internet stuff may not know how to get access to, to items to sell on the internet. A lot of people who know how to get access to items to sell on the internet and this and that and whatever may not know how to do that, that next step. So this is a this is a primary to me. I'm a, I'm a survivor, you might say. That's that's the way I vision myself. I'm a survivor. When things get tough, I don't start worrying. I sit down and I meditate, and I look at all the things I've done in my life, and I look at all the things that people are interested in, and I look at how can I tap into that? How can I tap into that and keep moving forward? That's the way life is. You cannot afford to stand still. You got to figure out how to how to advance yourself. So to me, just like the gentleman said earlier, yeah, there's some people out there that have fell on hard times. And, and, and you're right. You don't know what they're going through. But I'm speaking from experience. I've been homeless three different times. Me personally, I've been homeless three different times after touring the world, after touring half the world twice in the military and ended up being homeless in, 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 in America three different times. But it never stopped me. Because why I look at all the other things I've learned throughout my life and I started diversifying myself and I started taking advantage of that. So that's the type of encouragement that I would like to express to someone. Don't look at just that one thing that you used to do. Look at that one thing you used to do, sure, sure enough. But look at all the other things that you know how to do and then try to see how you can, can partner up with somebody else and join forces with them. Because the key thing is that you got to keep moving forward. That's, that's my opinion. Okay, yeah, thanks, JJ. I hear you on that. It's like, no matter what's going on, we have to find new ways to still connect is what I'm hearing you say. Um, and using maybe the, you know, technology, it can be a way to go. Um, Yvonne, um, I'd like to ask you um, the same question. And what would you say to that? Oh, I've got a lot to say. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 has been a very challenging time for humanity on a whole. And it's a time where, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit like the world stood still <laughs> in a way. And it, it, it's given us the opportunity to be still. And a lot of people cannot cope with being still because they operate on the level of being a human doing instead of a human being. We're human beings. And that means we need to take time out to be still and to really go within ourselves. So people who have struggled with that during 2020, they're the people that are struggling with depression, anxiety, fear, chaos. And and, and lots of people have been committing suicide because they just cannot cope. And the main, a lot of the, the main reason why a lot of people struggle to go within is because they're scared of what's within them. They may have suffered from some traumas in the past and they don't want to look at that. They don't want to deal with that. But actually, this has been the time when we are being forced to deal with our issues. You know, 2020 has brought up all our, what I call shadow work, our, our issues, our dysfunctions, our traumas, our pains, our grief, our loss. It's a time where we've been called to really, really look at those and heal them. And on the other side of the scale, a lot of people have taken the opportunity to go within. 
And because of that, they've been doing the healing work, they've been um, expanding, they've been growing, they're ascending. Human beings, we're now ascending into the fifth dimension. There's a lot of a lot of things going on spiritually in the background. We're going through a massive spiritual warfare and we're being called upon, called upon to really connect more with our souls. Our souls are expanding. I mean, for me, I've had some amazing spiritual phenomena happen to me during 2020. And I know that it's true of a lot of people also out there. So I would um, encourage people to, to be still. Do not run away from yourselves. Go within and see what's going on for you. Seek the help that you need. You know, this time has been the busiest time for me in my business. So many people are realizing that they have to do this work and, they, and they're, they're now embarking on going on this journey of self-discovery and healing. And so it's good that they're taking this opportunity to do so. And, you know, a lot of people also are looking at their purpose. What is their life purpose? As Gigi was mentioning, they're diversifying, but also thinking about, actually, why did I come to this planet? What is my true purpose? Why am I here? Have I been wasting my time in a job that does not fulfill me, does not really serve me? And they're now thinking, what is my purpose? And this is a good time to be looking at that and doing the work so that you, you can fulfill your purpose, heal on a deep, deep level and go into 2021 with a much different outlook than how we have been living in 2020 and, be, and before. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for that. Um, I love that. And Janet, what would you say to the same question? Um, what's your thoughts? Oh, um, there's, there's so many, this comes from so many angles. Um, uh, so just, just, you know, just to be going within the tempo of it. We live in a world where, you know, we've been conditioned in a particular type of way to be, to do. And we struggle when you know, we're not ticking those boxes, you know, and we haven't really been able to expose ourselves to really see what is it we want from being on the planet? What is it we want to connect with? What is it we want to be and leave on the planet? Because we're so busy, you know, trying to get all these tick boxes of what they say is a successful person or a person that is, you know, shining in life, even if, you know, only if you're looking at somebody who is in the way that they present it to you. So we're conditioned, we're socialized in a particular way. So this happens now and then all that is taken from you. So the uncertainty of not knowing what is going to happen, you know, can freak people out. Although, we, we, you know, uh, people may have been struggling from before, so this highlights it even more. Um, so, and then there's other people who have, you know, because it fluctuates sometimes, you speak to people and some people are sort of finding something else and other people are holding on to the, what it was and they're waiting for that to come back again, you know, in that way, because it's almost like it's instructional, I know I get up, I go to work, I do this, I do that, and this not knowing doesn't sit well with me. 
and it's that kind of way where you, you don't know but you do what you can and see what comes up you have some faith within yourself and the other human beings that support you and it is a thing about that collectiveness as well because although this thing is like a two-way thing you see the destructive side and all the chaos going on and then you've seen some beautiful things where people have been able to create and and really show our human side to one another so and i'm I'm sure there are people who are lost within that as well because i'm not saying one side fits everybody everybody's doing the one thing but you you see when you sit on the edge you see so many dimensions of what is going on you know um how people are talking, what what are, what are people's priorities, you know, what is it about? And at the end of this, I think what it has shown is that connection is our strongest thing. It's not how many how much stuff we've got. You know, we're coming into that period now where we've got to do this thing in a particular way and all this stuff comes up. But it's the humane thing, the true thing, the authentic side of yourself, if you can bring that to thought. You know, can you smile with somebody? Can you have a, a polite conversation with somebody? Uh, can you forgive somebody? All of this that comes up in in this time. So it, it's so dimensional. It, 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 it's almost as if it's telling us, find yourself, and that is what we have to do. But, you know, for all of us, we're at a different level. You know, some of us will fight it. Some of us will go into it and see, maybe be a bit scared, but try something. So... It's, it's so much because, again, it's like, where do we go from here? What's going to happen next? We need to know. We want to know. And sometimes we just have to kind of detach from that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an experience, really, in all of it. Um, it's not always 100% pleasant, but then that's how life goes and it's showing us what life is all about. I, I would say that, yeah. It's so, it comes from so many dimensions of money. Yeah, that's, that, you know, what I see and the experience. Okay, thank you, Janet. Thank you so much for that. And, um, yeah, so um, we are, really what I'd like to do is because, um, as you all said, you know, there's different areas that is being um, affected or, or people are going through different things. At the same time, I would... I feel as though there's particular things that I've talked to each of you about in, in the past on the show and, you know, outside of the show. And I want to really just get each of you to give a message to young people. Because normally when we're going through something, the, you know, the elders or people, old parents or, you know, people who work with young people can always say, oh, well, this happened in the past and we can, you know, this is what we did. In this particular, this particular year, a lot of things have happened, a lot of things have changed and we haven't, you know, we've all gone through it together with the young people for the first time. So what I would like to ask is obviously 2021 is upon us and um, just want each of you to, uh, to, to answer, um, give a message out to young people as in, you know, what would you say to them about even though we live in uncertain times? to get them to still dream because I do feel that even in times like this we should still dream we should still pursue you know our long-term goals and even if we have to change we shouldn't give up so what would you say I don't know I, I could I might throw it out and see if anyone answers does anyone want to answer that question or do you want me to go you know choose somebody as I have been so far 
Well, I'd like, I'd like to try to take a, st- take a uh, shot at this. Go ahead. Um, my thing is, <laughs> and, 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 I, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm a country boy. I'm a country boy from South Carolina, population probably 500 people at, at that. The little small country town in Hemingway, South Carolina. I was raised to where the most powerful thing that my parents taught me as a child, the most powerful thing on earth including any type of wealth you can ever possibly gain was respect. And that's what I would like to offer them because the children today, uh, the young people today don't seem to have the same type of respect it was when I was coming up as a child. And I'm not just talking about only me. I'm talking about my ancestors. I'm talking about people. I'm talking about my older sisters. I'm talking about older brothers and my parents even before me. I'm sure they had to show that same type of respect. They were very disciplined and everything because today I, I cannot phantom all of this killing and everybody shooting and everybody got to have a gun to solve a problem. I mean, whatever, whatever happened to this ball your fists up and let's be man to man and, this, and, and work this thing out. And I remember growing up as a kid, me and my friends, we would fight on the basketball court or we would fight at school, shall I say. We would fight at school and we'd be playing basketball this afternoon. And then we go, and then we go, go buy soda pop and, 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 and cookies to, 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 later on. Because that's all a part of this growing, that, that, that was just part of growing up. I mean, today, uh, the young children today, the young people today are very, 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 very talented. But I tell you, they're no more talented than the kids were, than the young people was when I was coming up. The only difference of it is, is the technology. They have access to stuff that we didn't have. Just like we had access to stuff that our parents didn't have. So every generation get access to better tools to help advance them in their younger age as they go along. All I'm just saying to young people is that the greatest thing on earth, to my opinion, is respect. And a lot of us talk about having self-respect and how they try to get self-respect from what I do not understand today is that I shot this guy because he disrespected me. He disrespected me. I shot her, I shot him because they disrespected me. Whatever my parents taught me when I was coming up, to get respect, you have to give respect. So the greatest respect to have is respect someone first. You respect them first, regardless of who they are. Respect them first. And in return, they will have no reason why can't I return respect to this person because they respected me. That's the biggest thing I would like to offer them. And everything else will fall, all everything else will fall in place. Because as far as talent, they got it. As far as as far as tools to help them with their talent, they got it. The only thing that I can see that they're missing is respect. But you don't demand respect. You don't demand respect. People give you respect if they want to give it to you. So how do you get that respect from someone? You got to take the first step. Respect them first. And then they'll respect you. And if they don't respect you, just politely bow out and go on about your business. Wow. Thanks, JJ. That's a that's an important, important point with our young people today. Does anybody else want to add to that or continue this question or would you like me to start a new question? Anybody else want to answer to this question? I'll answer. Thank you. Thank you, Eva. I will I would invite our young people to just sit quietly with themselves just for two minutes and really just go into their heart space, breathe into their heart space and just remember who you are, that you are a being of love. And as such, 
You need to go out into the world in love. Love yourself. Love others. Remember who you are and why you came to this planet. Because I see that a lot of these young people are so misguided. They're so disillusioned by the world that they have come into. The systems that they are a part of, the systems are crumbling and they are here to help lead humanity into the new dimension. And they have just gone off their path. They are, a lot of them are warriors. They've come with warrior spirits and they need to remember that and really check in with their soul and start remembering who they are and start moving towards their true life purpose. That, that's the message that I'd like to give to the young people. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Um, anybody else want to come in on this question, a message to the young people? Well, um, I'd say, just to add on to that, that um, when I've worked with young people, I always um, say this to them, you know, it's about being authentic to yourself and being true to who you are. So finding out who you are and being true to yourself. Be curious about the world that you live in. You know, leave an indelible mark wherever you go. Mistakes will be made, but those, you know, those mistakes help you to grow and learn. And that's all a part of life. You know, you, you haven't failed just because something hasn't worked in a particular way. So always remember that, you know, you know, the drama will go on around you, but, you know, it's about standing true to yourself. Sometimes even being vulnerable at times. So just finding that true, authentic mark within yourself. You know, um, a lot of things, you know, we've all been young, so we always know the messages that are given. Sometimes they're even a bit kind of fierce. Um, about young people, but sometimes if you can just connect with them sometimes just to see where they're at, what they're thinking, asking their opinion, you know, what do they feel about that? Because they've got ideas too. Sometimes you come from that hierarchy of adults in here, done that, we know it all. And some of us are still finding ourselves, um, I can virtually my own self. So yeah, that's what I would say. Thank you, um, Janet. Um, I don't know. I think I heard Kwame trying to come in. Up. Did you want to come and say? Did you want to say something about young people? Because I know that's an area of yours as well. Um, just yes, yes. Um, just wanted to add to everything that has been has been shared, said already. Really, um, for me, is a, a slight um, angle, a different angle, which is before we 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 kind of um, I guess wish. All, all this for young people we have to remember to be um the, the almost to role model what we want from them or hope for them um it, so for me first and foremost in terms of we as adults have to model what we want these young children to step into or to or to to emanate um as so so that so that's what came to mind when you when you asked that question and then the other side of it is to um just provide a space and to nurture for them to be comfortable being who they are, being comfortable with their vulnerabilities, being comfortable with their fears, as well as to inspire and to um, nurture the, the the vision and aspirations for the future as well. So um, I think 
terms of my my um, inner self, so, so my, my my inner child, remembering some of the challenges that I went through, was the sense that sometimes you you, you, you don't know what you don't know, um, and when the world is full with with, with uncertainty, you 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 kind of need um, you you need the, the adults around you to help you to be. Um, a, a, almost a place of safety or a safe haven so that you can go to them to maybe um, ask questions and to and to be and to be inspired so um, I think I'll, to answer your question in a different way it's about nurturing healthy relationships with with um, these young children so these, these young people so that they can come to us um, if they need to and um, but also for us to to role model what we want for them as well. Thank you very much, Kwame. And, you know, that brings me to, um, obviously, children come from families. And I really want to ask, you know, are we um, are we prepared to go into the 21st, where we are in the 21st century, but move further into it um, as families in our community? Um, when I say our community, I'm, I'm talking about the black community um, primarily. So do you feel that we are equipped... Um, have we been given enough tools from you know from before from out from the previous generation, and are we ready to really help the young people through what they're going through? Because it's it's almost like you know this is things are changing on a very you know daily on a daily basis, weekly basis. Everything is changing, and are we able to keep up with it? And um, yeah, what what are your thoughts? And if we're not, what can we do to um, remedy address the situation? Anybody? Again, I'm just throwing this out and see who wants to, um, st- you know, jump on it. I think um, with regards to um, the topics that we've discussed today around, especially around mental health and and spirituality and self care, I do feel that um, this is an area where our community are lacking. We have had so much generational trauma that has been passed on to us and our children and because of that we we, a lot of people are dysfunctional unfortunately and that's that's the truth and a lot of people are walking around in their traumas and it's affecting them it's affecting their relationships it's affecting families so i feel that it's really really vital that families start to take responsibility and, and for individuals to take responsibility for their lives and for their well-being. And, you know, I always say to my clients, when you, when you come when you come into session, we have to look at what happened to you. And it's not about pointing fingers. It's not about blaming the parents because, as I said, it's generational trauma that's been passed on. But, you know, it's, it's just about acknowledging what went wrong. And in that, we can then, we're taking the responsibility to change and make a difference and break those patterns, break the cycle so that we can move forward with much better mental health and feeling so much better about ourselves and our community. This, I feel, is really, really important. And and the more we do this, the more we are going to be equipped to move forward into future years and this is also about thinking about your future generations, your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. You know, what what are what are we doing for them? How how are we going to help them? Yeah, that's that's what I, I feel is really important. 
Thank you, Yvonne. You've answered so many questions. You've answered, you've answered some questions there, and you've also said some things that I'm, I'm going to, you know, ask questions to later as well. So, anybody else wanting to um, jump in on that particular topic about are we equipped? Are we able to deal with the mammoth work of, you know, providing something for our young people to go into the, you know, the 21st century and beyond? not just the generations that we see walking around today, but those that are not yet born, that are coming. Are we, are we there? And, and if so, you know, if not, what can we do? Well, I, I would like to say, I would like to say that I blame a lot of us and uh, my generation and, 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 and perhaps maybe one before me, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there is that the way I was raised, like my parents... I thought that they didn't like me. I thought that they hated me coming up because why? They would get me up so early in the morning to go crop tobacco to go, because I'm a farm boy, go crop tobacco, pick cucumbers. Uh, I mean, when when people turning over in their bed, I'm in the field. I'm already in the field. I'm, I mean, it's, it's it's still dark outside, but we're in the field working. I'm like, what is this? And then, and, and by the time I leave the field, it's dark. I can't see how to get out of the field. And I thought my parents hated me. But the thing of it was, they couldn't give me a whole lot of these materialistic things that we're giving our children today. Now, and I'm saying there's nothing wrong with giving your children materialistic things. But they got to be, they got to be, to my opinion, because I have four children of my own and they're all grown now with their own children. But you have, to my opinion, you have to give the materialistic things at the, at the proper time. And you have to, and then you have to, you have to let them understand why you're giving it to them. Because don't let them think that it's money growing trees, because it doesn't. But I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying because after all this time, I thought my parents really didn't care about me because the way they were treating me when I was coming up as a kid. They was building me up to be a strong person with a strong character. That they was doing for me. They wasn't leaving me a lot of money. They wasn't leaving me millions of dollars. They wasn't leaving me a big business to run. But what they were leaving me is character. They were leaving. They were leaving me understanding of how this world works. They were leaving me uh, 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 how to be self-sufficient. And then my parents left me land. I have property that my parents left, which is something that they, something that man can't make. Man can't make land. My parents left me land, property, and then they taught my older siblings, taught my older brothers how to how to manage that. When they are passed up, when they passed on, and that's what's happening in my family to this very day. I have older brothers that 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 kind of like the the head of the family, and we and that's what and that's what hurt a lot of our families today. There's no such thing as a head of the family anymore. A lot of us don't have that no more. In my in my neighborhood, when I was coming up, if somebody does something wrong, every grown person in that neighborhood had to, had to, had the right to spank that child behind. That's the way it was in the neighborhood when I was growing up. There were single parents in our neighborhood when I was growing up. Single parents even give parents permission to spank their child, but because why? They want to raise us in the way that they want us to go. And, and that's the way it was. We dropped that ball. We dropped that ball. We started getting materialistic. We started looking inward. We started being selfish. I want this. I want that. I want well. I get my kids later on, but I want this. I want that. And our children, they don't do what you say, they look at what you do. And that's what they pick up on. I've heard a lot of parents today saying like, well, I know he he don't really talk like that because he wasn't raised like that. But I don't know why he's talking about all nasty stuff and talking like that now. But 
but once he makes it, once he makes some money, then maybe he'll change his ways. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You see a lot of a lot of stuff up there that we support today has actually been detrimental for our communities. But we support it because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. And we don't want nobody coming after us. Because why? Nobody don't sell anything they do with fists. They sell it with guns. So we have to be realistic and look within ourselves. Sometimes all the counseling in the world is not going to work for us unless we sit down and, and actually face the music. I have four children and eight grandkids. I do. And I'm trying to flip that script. I'm trying to go back to where my parents raised me. I'm trying to put some discipline. And, and right, I don't share a lot of materialistic things with them right now. But thank God my, 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 my children understand what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build a character right now. I'm trying to have them to do what they need to do for themselves first. Show me how you can support yourself first, how you can survive on your own first. But in the same time, none of us here forever. So whatever, whatever generation try to do, they always try to look after making sure that the next generation can do better than what they're doing. That's what my parents did for me. And that's what I'm trying to pass on to my children. But we got to be honest with ourselves and tell the truth about things. Wow. Thank you, um, Gigi. Um, got some more questions there. Um, I don't know if anyone else, I think Kwame and Janet, who haven't spoken on this question, is there anything you want to say or add? Or Yeah. yeah um, what comes up for me and... This is kind of an onward discussion that, you know, um, at times you have with different people. And it, it's the flow of what we're talking about this evening about if we were to pose the question, um, this, where we are at now, how can we make more healthy relationships? So it starts with yourself, then it will flow on to the other people that you connect with. And I think that's the thing. What are the the healthy relationships we want to build to build a more healthier nation you know some of us may have a, again we'll all be at different points some of us may have um you know an awareness others will not because what you come into is what you know you know it's only as an adult some of the things i'm looking at i'm, I'm thinking hmm, that's not particularly right but then again it was how we survived it was how we got through what, whatever we were going through. It's just the way it is. But now you can look at it from an angle and change that. So it's about, like what Yvonne said, a lot of the dysfunctional stuff. And it's actually acknowledging what it is, you know, because sometimes we, we don't know that it's dysfunctional because we say, you know, that's what we used to do. You know, so it is that because it's about making that change and leaving those prints to continue. Not that it's all going to happen while we're on the planet, because we knew how we got to the stage of what we was and how long that took. So it's not about it's all got to happen now. It's about making that blueprint so it just flourishes like a seed and goes from one point to the other. So the relationship we have with ourselves, the connections we have with our, whether it's our siblings, our parents, whoever those people are, our community, because there are a lot of things that intertwine, you know, the trust of self, how we build ourselves, how we make space um, to communicate, the way we communicate with each other, our forgiveness of self and others, you know, 
that intermediacy when something is wrong that it doesn't sort of just get bigger and bigger and bigger the problem because we, we're not going to take the time to actually solve it and resolve that problem because we're the ones that c- carry that stress again that may lead to the mental health so you see how the you know all the the stitches add up you know one thing adds to another so that's what i would say a more you know looking for healthier relationships that we can have with ourselves this this mental the behaviors and the habits that we have that we just say that's the way it is, it is like that and i know everybody's not going to be on the you know the same the same place at the same time doing you know exactly the same thing but it just takes a few of us to start to rise from that and i think that is happening in a small way maybe not as big as what we wanted but so like we said when we plant the seed or even those intentions because it does start with self a lot of our own work i'm sure a lot of us who were here on the panel had started in adulthood it didn't start under 15 year old under 15 that we started to realize and do this work and a lot of it happens when we're actually in some breakdown modes as well like something things are going wrong or not you know acting out right that we've found you know ourselves a different path so that's what i would say healthier relationships is what is going to make some of the stuff that we hold on to is got to go other stuff has got to come in something you know may be tweakable as they say yeah that's how I would say. Thank you very much, um, Janet. Yeah, you've you've all given so much, um, said so much there with that, that particular question. What I want to ask is, um, I think, was it Glenn who made a point that we, we probably need to go back and do things differently the way we, we you know, um, the, the generation before did things? But can that work for the modern child with the modern mind? Because... Um, the media is out there can parents and you know the the near and the nearest relatives can they alone have an effect on the children when there's media out there there's phones children have their phones 24 7 you know is there anything that what can they do when they've got all that glitter you know to to, to contend with I think it's, it's, it's got to be continuous communication of what you see and what it's about and explaining that. And again, we talk about families, but actually having those kind of connected times when everyone um, does speak and talk on issues and talk about things. So you're getting to know what your children are thinking and feeling without it being, you know, that distance away from them. I'm not saying you have to be buddies, buddy buddies, but just knowing and having conversations so things are normalized more than no we don't talk about those things with you so i'm not saying children are going to say every single thing to you nobody's done that none of us have done that but it's about having a a style of communication as well uh, and being open uh, and, and fair with that and i think that's it so nothing is off off realm not to talk about and maybe a lot of us grew up with that where lots of stuff was out of bounds you, you know you just didn't talk about it the way you can talk about things you know age appropriate and all of that but yeah, yeah communication I think that's the key and learning how to communicate how to break it down to learn together too as well sometimes you're not going to know everything but, yeah. okay anybody, anybody oh yeah go, go ahead now what I, what I was about to say to me I mean what, me personally what I was about to say is that I look at survival skills 
and 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 survival skill that's that should be the first key thing in any young child's life you got to teach them survival skills first if they get to a point to where they're not grown i really get to a point they didn't grow to a certain level or to a certain age now you got to play catch up you playing catch up and they're not willing to listen they're not they're not willing to hear you now because they they, they feel like they got that mindset to where they can think on their own now that you can't tell them nothing now because just like as you just earlier said how can you communicate with your child when they got all that media out there right now well if you don't reach them while they're like and i'm telling you the way they, the way things are today you got to reach them at the age of three at three years old don't wait until they get to be five and six and seven and god forbid by the time they're 10 it may take you 10 more years to reach them so if you want to get to a child these days you got to reach them while they're just now stepping out of their pampers. You got to reach them while they're just now stepping out of their diapers. Because if you wait until they've gotten to where they can get to where they can run, they can ride a bicycle, they can do, do all that kind of, you Now you're fighting an uphill battle. The reason why I'm saying what I'm saying is that my, 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 my sisters and brothers, thank God for them. My sisters and brothers, they helped me by t- taking my children. Uh, we had, we had, relatives that live in New York and other places and this they came to the they used to come down to the farm and say what's that oh I don't eat that stuff that we talk about stuff like collards you know a, a butter beans stuff like, well, I don't eat that kind of stuff because they used to see it come out of can they don't they didn't know the stuff grow actually in a field it grows in a field they thought it just comes comes with the can no it got to be grown first and then put into the can so when you get it you get it, you you thinking that's the way it is. No, you need to go where it first starts. So when you're dealing with children, you got to plant the seed. That's what you got to do. You got to plant the seed. Plant the seed and water the seed. And if you plant that seed, show the child how the seed is being planted. Show them how much water it needs to get, how much, how much sunlight it needs to get in order for that plant to grow. Then now you're teaching them survival skills. Now when they go somewhere, They'll never grow hungry. They'll never grow hungry because they know how to plant and feed themselves. It's just like you give a person a fish to eat for a day. You teach them how to fish to eat for a lifetime. You got to teach a child why they're still young enough to be taught. You wait until a child gets too old, they're going to feel like they can teach you something. See? So, so, so you got, I don't care how much technology comes into play. I don't care how much technology comes into play. I don't care how much this world seemingly to be evolving you still need those basic skills you need the basic skills respect how to plant a seed how to nurture that seed how it grows how to feed yourself those are the basic things and that kind of stuff comes for free you don't have that that's that's not a cost that comes for free you need to teach those because if you don't by the time they get to be 10 years of age and older now it's going to cost you it's going to cost you now because you didn't learn it when you were young enough to learn. That's why you have so many kids now attacking their own parents. That's why, see, th- th- these are, I'm, I'm looking at things from a realistic point of view, and, I, and please forgive me for talking the way I'm talking because I get passionate about things like this. Because I have children, I have grandchildren, and I'm sure we all do. But I'm a firm believer, teach a child while they're young enough to be taught. Don't wait until they get so old until they want to challenge you on what you're trying to teach them. Yeah, wow, powerful stuff there. Um, JJ, 
anybody else want to come in um because i do feel that it's a really important because we you know we started with um talking about spirituality and mental health self-care self-love and i do feel that you know everything starts from the beginning and obviously you know whether we're an adult or you know whether you're older or you know seniors what have you um we everyone started as a single you know a single baby a single child growing up and um so we always have to look to that and it's our young people that is going to take us on into the future long after you know we've gone so i really feel that this is an important area so any anyone else want to kind of tackle this this question or do you feel we've exhausted it oh yeah go ahead go ahead no, not, not at all. I think I think it's um, this question and some answers that has been shared is, is again, the reminder of um, the work that needs to be done, first and foremost, within ourselves and then within families and within the community. Um, and part of the work is, part of it is how do we break the cycles of, um, of intergenerational trauma? How do we break the cycles of unhealthy um, thinking, unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy ways of, of forming and maintaining relationships within our communities um, based on some of the things that have happened in the past and some things that have happened in people's, in pe- in people's present. So um, first and foremost, when we're talking about young people and talking about, uh, talking about kids is who are, who are the adults around them raising them? And, and quite often, is 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 these are where the cycles are are being perpetuated. So before we can we can um, hope for these good things for our young people, we as adults around them have to do the work on ourselves so that we can be so we can role model again. I'll use that that word role model all the things that all the things that we want for them. Um, that's that's one aspect of it as well. And then the other aspect of it is what are the life skills. That need that they need to be equipped with to to live in a modern um, white majority country. For if we're talking about the black community, and part of it is kind of dealing with dealing with race, dealing with racism, dealing with with stress, dealing with mental well being, um, dealing with just how to perform, how to um, how to form and and maintain healthy relationships. Um, children need stability, consistency, and 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 quite often the question is how many how many of our children do ha- have have these conditions for them to thrive, um, live in safe neighbourhoods, good schools, um, all these things, all these things are needed by children to to to, to thrive, and and how many of them have have a lot of the, these components for them to thrive, so. Um, it does start in a home, but also it's about the social environment. It's also about the, the world, the world that they live in. So, controlling what, what we can control, first and foremost, is creating a safe, stable environment for them to thrive at home. And and quite often that needs to be done with the work from from the adults around them. Wow, that's it. Thank you so much, um, Kwame, for that. And and um, I've just got another question from from what you just raised there. Um, racism and stress um, a lot of young people are, you know are going through that alongside you know the adults and we saw some graphic things that happened this year um, you know we, we all saw it we all saw um, George Floyd and and you know there's been a lot more before before him um, what I want to ask here is um, first of all can how can 
you know that's a big thing for young people to deal with and um you know i listen to what of a lot of what young people you know have to say I, I watch things i listen to their conversation and some of the things that they're saying is they don't feel that um they feel there's a disconnect between the elders whether that be their parents grandparents or just the the older community at large and they feel you know kind of like they're just being ignored or we don't understand what they're going through and we saw you know a lot of the um the marching and the 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 things that took place and a lot of young people were saying you know they didn't feel as though they had the the elders you know were there supporting them what would you say to that and um do you agree that having racism as Kwame just said you know being in a country where you know they're the minority can you know can that can they deal with that on top of everything else that they have to deal with being not maybe being in the safest neighborhoods maybe not having the best role models to you know to, to guide them through growing up um yeah what would you say sorry it's a bit of a long-winded um question but um there's so much i want to try and get into this um conversation anybody want to volunteer to come forward on that yeah what what i, I would just say that you know racism is so multi-layered and it's um, such a socially engineered system that really has worked on separating our community and um, separating the young from the old, the man from the woman, you know, the, the, the dark skin from the light skin even, you know, it, they, they've done such a good job on, on us that we, a lot as a community, there has been a lot of disconnection. There hasn't been a lot of mistrust. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, the older generations They've had so much to deal with, you know, for, for us in England, our parents came over from the West Indies and more often than not, they were, their, par- their parents came here first, left them in the West Indies and then sent for them. So they've had that, that, um, that trauma, there's a bond, there's a trauma there because they've been um, disconnected from their parents. And then they've had to come over and, and adjust to a new way of living. Then there might they may have been um, abuse in the family, emotional neglect in the family. And then they're, they're having us, you know, we're first generation British born people. And then, so all their, because when we're born, we inherit 75% of our parents' stuff. That, that, that's a lot of stuff that we actually inherit. and it's in the dna yeah it's in the dna so you know so can you imagine a a, a parent bringing up a child who's been through all of that trying to do their best but actually their best isn't good enough for that child unfortunately and then then we then go on and have these have our children and they inherit 75 percent of our stuff and if we haven't dealt with our stuff it goes to the child. So, it, you know, a lot of us haven't come from really great families, unfortunately. That is the problem. A lot of us have come from very dysfunctional families. More often than not, the boys that are out there um, in gangs and, and stuff, a lot of them, their fathers aren't around. And they haven't had a good role model in their fa- in their life to help them and guide them, you know, into what's the best way possible. So, 
you know, racism has a lot to answer for, a lot, lot, lot to answer for. And yes, a lot of these boys, these young people and the girls, they're disillusioned. They are so disillusioned because their, their, their parents, grandparents probably don't understand them. And they've just been trying to struggle to make ends meet, perhaps got more than one job. They haven't got enough time to spend with their child. And so their child is emotionally neglected. So then they do look outside for validation, for acceptance, for belonging. It's there's so many levels. There's so many levels. And I don't know, yeah, that that's just the start really. Wow. I mean yeah, go, go just ahead. Going on go ahead. from what um Yvon has said, it you know, as as we're talking, more things are coming up in the sense of that when we look at it, we have just been surviving and not right mm-hmm. and that has been passed on as well so yeah. surviving you know we get it hard and we go through as, as best we can but we haven't got to that thriving stage um yeah uh, yeah it's it, yeah so it's it, yeah the dysfunction the trauma the racism it's just so much going at one you know one one set of people it, it, it's yeah, it's so multi-layered. It's so it's, you know because it's a system, and unless those systems are, are changed, um, yeah, I, I I don't know the answer to that in that way. Unless those systems change and become more humane, then yeah, it, mm. it, yeah, it, yeah. You know, I'm looking. Add just quickly. Sorry, can I just add also? It's like we have to stop. We have to also stop saying, oh, it's racism. Yes, racism exists, okay, but we, we can't keep focusing on the problem. We have to focus on the solution. And the solution is doing the work that we need to do to heal these traumas within us and our families and our children. Sorry, yeah, you know, that's it. You know, I, I'm, I'm listening to everyone and it sounds like, I know I'm here in America. <laughs> But I'm listening to everyone and I'm listening to what your experiences over there and seem like we don't have seem like we have a lot in common. Because I'm telling you, like here in America, like a lot of the a lot of the, the blacks here in America came from West Africa this year. Now we have here in America, we are I'm I'm from the South, actually where the ships brought in the slaves to South Carolina, in Charleston, South Carolina. And they I only live like 89 miles from my original home. The thing of it is is that we have a term that they call people in America, call them, they call them Gullah people, Geechees, and things of that nature. But these people are not Gullah people, they're not Geechees. These are the, these are the most authentic Africans that's in, the, in, the, in America today. These are the most authentic Africans in America today that have never lost their native tongue. They can still speak, they can still speak African here in America, and they have never even been to Africa. They never even been there. They were, they were just they, they are our ancestors here in America. They speak African and never been to Africa, but they never lost their native tongue. So here in America, we call them Geechees. Now, to tell you the truth, where I'm raised, and you, like you were saying, racism. I grew up where there were black water fountains and white water fountains. I grew up when there were black bathrooms, there were white bathrooms. If you're traveling, you cannot use the bathroom because they don't have a black bathroom. I grew up during that time. I grew up when they tell us, okay, when the sun goes down, don't let the sun catch you. Don't let the sun go down and catch you in, in town. So these are the kind of things that, that I grew up around. If there were two black people standing together talking, the police would come break you up because two people, you might be conspiring in something. So they make you break up. 
that's the way it was when I was raised in the 70s. I mean, raised in the 50s in South Carolina, where I'm from. In the 60s, that one, it was late 60s before you can have an interracial marriage in America. So I know exactly what you're saying. I see a lot of things you're going through. So, excuse me. The thing I see right now, that racism, that would never be resolved, not during my lifetime. I, I know that for a fact. It would never be resolved during my lifetime. But what I see going through, what, the, what I see in America, at least, in my eyes, I see a lot of the young people coming together, blue, I mean, black, white, Mexican, Puerto Rican, uh, uh, African, uh, uh, Asian. I see all of them coming together, Indian. They're all coming together as, as, as though race doesn't make a difference to them. They see a different world it was than the world that I was being raised in. And I, and I like that because why? Because it's hard to tell who is in your family tree these days. My grandfather was African. My grandfather was, was Indian. One of my grandmom on my mother's side, he was Indian. We have all races of people in my family. You shake the tree, you'll be surprised at what might fall out of your tree. Everybody say, "Oh, all everybody say, oh, uh, we all black." Shake your tree, you may you may have all different races fall out of your tree. So you got to be careful about how you abuse people and how you offend people. To my opinion, to my opinion, to my opinion. We believe in God, even though even though we all supposedly believe in the same God, but I'm not telling you what God you should believe in, but I'm going to tell you I believe in God. Until God tells me that this person is not my, not, 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 not black, white, blue, green, whatever, this person is not my sister, or this person is not my brother. Until God tells me that, or until I'm being given a vision that this person is not my sister or not my brother, then I'm going to call him my sister or my brother. Now, as far as the way they treat me, I will deal with them accordingly on how they treat me. Because some, I, I give an example. If a white person slapped me on one side of my face and a black person slapped me on the other side of my face, guess what? Both of those slaps hurt. So who am I going to be offended by? Who am I supposed to be offended by? They both, they both just slapped me and it hurts. So who am I supposed to hate? See, so that's my so so my thing is that I treat people the way they treat me, and I try to treat people with the utmost respect. And if I can't treat you with respect, I leave you alone, regardless of what race you are, because you got people got all races in their family these days, and you will tear a family apart if you if you gonna be tre treading along the lines of racism, because you got all races. And, and, and Thomas Jefferson in this country had a whole lot of black kids, a whole lot of black children. So we have to be careful when it comes to that. I, I'm, God said, let vengeance be his, or let the judge be his. And that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to just try to live the best life I can live while I'm here, and I'm going to try to treat people the way I like to be treated. I, I, racism is something that has to be taught. People are not born with that. They're being taught that. So you have to just choose what, and what, what, what group you want to hang around. I would just, I just leave it at that. You have to just choose what group you want to hang around, what 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 conversation you want to listen to, as you try to live the rest of your life. Cause none of us here forever. We all just passing through. Thank you, JJ. Um, anybody else wants to say anything? I've got another question. We've still got um, still got more to ask you. But is there any anyone else want to say anything to what um, JJ's just said or anything else that we were talking about um, in the last question? I wouldn't mind just just come just to come back to uh, maybe what what uh, this segment really um is the, the racial aspect that I was referring to I was I was talking about um 
in relation to your question about what skills do we need to equip our young people and i think is um equipping them to deal to live and to live and deal with the reality um of of the society that they're in and part of that is race and racism and i think um the work of people like dr house um stevenson in relation to racial so, racial socialization is those are the things and, and and racial literacy are some of the things that we need to actually we need to proactively teach young people which is not in a place of fear and um or a place of fear but in it's just to approach it with the fact that it's these are facts then these are things that are do happen to to young to black people in our society whether it's in jobs whether it's in housing whether it's in education whether it's in the criminal justice system and um, disproportionality and racism are things that we have to um um deal with so it's how do we how do we teach them to deal with with what they are going to face at some point in their lives um and i think it's not to it's different from the talk which is basically kind of like how to keep your head down and, and survive but it's more to say when you do come across these these situations or, or or these kinds of things microaggressions and so forth these are some of the ways that you may want to to um deal with it or or start to think proactively how can you deal with it when it does happen at some point in your life um but uh, uh, but um before you get to that point is to kind of try to to thrive and do things in your life as positive as possible but know that at some point you might be confronted with these sorts of things um and i think it's, it's not really about um trying to kind of put a fear of god in in, in in our children but it's just to be to prepare them and likewise financial literacy likewise relationship skills likewise stress management these are all some of the skills that we need to proactively um teach our young people to so that, so that, so that they can thrive in the society that they that they live in thank you kwami so you know what i'm hearing here is um you know we need to find solutions i, I think as um Yvonne was saying so we need um healing and um kwami saying as well that we need you know that the young people need skills um because you know i'm just feeling it as well i think we talked about you, you know the young and old the man and woman the light and dark and to me i see that as you know when people are under so much pressure and and feel so stressed by the outer community when they the greater community they implode and then these things like young and old man and woman dark and light becomes a problem because it's it's harder sometimes for people to deal with the big issue things that's going on out there so people tend to bring it into the you know the nucleus community and obviously you, you're all coaches and um, spiritual teachers and um, I, I just feel you know how important do you feel is for, for people because we're talking about healing and skills how important for our young people to start off with um, coaching and and counseling and even you know you know maybe even families coming together because we, we've got a greater baggage of um, as as Yvonne was saying, seventy five percent of our DNA has been inherited, you know, and a lot of that comes with what the the trauma of slavery. And I know Kwame's t- come on here and talked a lot about that as well. So again, another big long roundabout question, but um, I don't know if you can 
uh, unmangle that and kind of give an answer to that. So what can we do and um, how do we start, you know, how can we um, get people to start looking at, okay, maybe cutting back on some things and spending that money on coaching and counselling, family counselling, you know, coaching for the children so that they can sort of see a future for themselves, even though the outer is still there, the racism is still there. But I feel what I'm hearing you all say is that we still can do something within our community. So can anybody speak to that? I would say, first of all, is that it's needed to start with the interracial families. That's my opinion. Now, I may be totally off base, but I think that can be one of the best tools in our toolbox for us. With someone living in the same household with black, white, Mexican, or whatever the case may be. It's an interracial family that lives together. See, the problem is a lot of these interracial families, when they go to work, they don't, their co-workers don't know at home their brother may be African-American. They don't know at home their brother or sister might be Asian or maybe uh, 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 whatever it might be. And vice versa. When the brother goes to work or the sister goes away, they may not know at home their mom might be white or their dad might be white or whatever. This is where it needs to start. It needs to start at home first. So if someone starts saying something, starts saying something racist to you, defend them. Defend them right on the spot. Don't wait until you get down the road somewhere. That's where it's going to have to start because it's almost like you're living in the shadows. You know, what I mean? like as I just said, my grandfather was on my mother's side was Indian. My my grand my 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 grandchildren are Puerto Rican. So I, so if someone starts saying something bad or ill about Puerto Ricans, I'm going to I'm gonna step up. I'm gonna say something. I got grandchildren that have Puerto Rican. See, this is this this is part of the problem. We got to be honest with ourselves, or we're gonna be honest with others. No one is going to be talking offensive about Puerto Ricans in my presence and I'm not going to say nothing because my grandchildren are living in this world and they're part Puerto Rican. My grandkids are living in this world and they're part Puerto Rican. So I'm going to speak up for them. Just like the other races in my family, I'm going to speak up for them. That's where it needs to start. If it starts there in the household that has the interracial families in the household, be proud of who in your family. Be proud of who in your household and then let the world see that. And then it's easy for all of us to come on board because there are a lot of people who wants to cross that bridge. Black, white, Puerto Rican, Mexican, uh, uh, German, whatever. They all want to cross that bridge, but they don't know how they're going to be accepted. They don't know whether you're going to accept me. They don't know whether can I, can I show how much I preach. Because why? Because you're not black or because you're not white or because you're not Mexican or because you're not Puerto Rican. Start in your household first and be honest and defend your family members and then let the world know what your family is made of. And then, and then, and then let's grow from there. Plant the seed and water the seed. Nurture the seed. And then let's grow together. Okay, thank you, Gigi. Anybody want to um, speak to, the, to what Gigi just said or answer you know, the question, um, that long-winded question that I put out there? <laughs> Could you just remind us of the question, sure. and, uh, Imani, I think, please? Yeah, what I, what I asked really was, um, 
obviously there's racism as we've we've talked about and i know that we've also said you know we it's not just about talking about racism but it's finding solutions and i think um come and if it was you ivanu was saying but you know there's there's all these different things that's you know we're kind of imploding with um the young and old against each other man and woman in our communities against each other the dark and light against each other so what i i was putting forward that it seems like you know we do need coaching and counseling and working on you know so that we can heal and then we can find the skills and tools to kind of go forward and you know come up to a level where we haven't we don't feel as though we're being buried as the you know in the in the under underclass of the community of the wider community so what would you say um about that because in the past i feel that um the black communities always look to the church or the or religion to support but it doesn't seem as though that is enough at this point and i feel that you know maybe and i don't i'm sure you'd all agree because we're looking at coaches and um spiritual healers spiritual teachers people you know families need um coaching and and um also counseling because we also have the baggage the 75 percent dna that we're carrying around which stems from slavery as well so it's quite a long, <laughs> convoluted question, but I hope you get something from that that you yes. can answer to. Well, yes, because, you know, um, as I've said before, it's unfortunate that, that not every family are healthy and functional. So for, for those that aren't, it, it is important for them to have some sort of intervention so that they can change the family psychosis and stop those patterns from carrying on into further generations so they do need intervention and for some it may be that they have um systemic family counseling where the family go into a counseling arena and really sort of talk about their issues and their problems and their hurts and their pains and the guilt and the fear that they are all maybe holding and projecting onto each other and um, it could be that you know you as a parent you get counseling so that you can then help your children or even before you have children do something about your dysfunction so that you don't bring that in you know when you do have a child and then you know maybe get mentors for your child if you can't cope with it if you don't have the the necessary skills um to deal with with what's going on with your child your teenager perhaps because you're struggling yourself seek a mentor seek a counselor seek a coach and um, you know a lot of people need this type of intervention so that they can go on to lead healthier and happier lives so that they can be healthy with themselves and help healthier with other people um so yes i do think it's 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 important and yes you, you know you mentioned about should they sacrifice certain things yes you know invest in yourself as opposed to spending on yourself you know, many people say, I can't afford a therapy, I can't afford a coach and this, that and the other. But you can afford a lot of drink, a lot of cigarettes, a lot of weed, a lot of partying and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's about really taking a good hard look at yourself and being honest, getting honest. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Invest in yourself, not spend on yourself. And um, yeah, it's... It definitely makes a lot of sense anybody else want to answer um, the question or say anything to what um, Yvonne's just said 
and, and uh, yeah, I just think that creating, um, I think um, it has started to some degree of creating safe spaces, safe space for, for people. So, like a lot of what Yvonne said, so it starts. I mean, maybe even looking at it um, from a point of what a family means to you and the vision for a family. So when we can, you know, start with that kind of thing and building up from there. So it just becomes norm, like the normal things that we do. So whether people want to go for counselling as a group or one person passing on and so on. I think those those spaces, you know, like they say, we're looking at new ways of being together and collectively going through things and helping each other where we can and getting the outside help that will help us as a family. So it's not seen as one person is a problem. It's seen that, you know, we, we start to develop that skills of collectively supporting each other and bringing in um, the outside support where needed. So, you know, then and even if it's peer support, one person is supporting another person and that passes on, you know, that's, you know, so instead of passing on the other stuff, which is there, it's breaking those cycles. So, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good paradigm to kind of have if we're able to do that. Um, you know, whether it's from a community level, one-to-one, whatever, group-to-group. Um, yeah, I, I feel that that's it's, it's a good way to be, to have those tools. Because, we, you know, it's not all going to go away. So coming up against that, um, we're, we're better together. Yeah, I like that. So it's like starting, you know, the legacy that we could be focusing on is really helping, you know, those in the community who really need it. And and that's a more important legacy than, you know, like Yvonne just said, spent rather than spending, investing where it's needed and bringing people up so that, you know, we have a stronger foundation. Um, anybody else want to come in on, on this um, question? And then what I'm going to do is ask you all to just share you know anything that you're doing any of your businesses your details so people can get in contact and talk to you more intimately um just to jump in um Imani, just i think just uh, echo what has been said is that I, I definitely believe that there's different levels of work needed within um our community um so some people might be personal therapy it might be coaching life coaches um it might be couples, couples work. It might be families work. Um, it might be kind of working with a with a um, um, a mentor. Um, I think it just depends on people's self awareness and to, to recognise what their needs are and what the developmental gaps are as well, um, and what areas of growth um, is, is is required. And particularly for young people, it may not always be about therapy but i think it's it's about um it can be about having really really kind of relatable mentors for them to feel inspired to feel to feel safe enough to um ask questions and and to learn so um everyone's needs is going to be different but i think there's so many avenues and so many opportunities um for for learning and for growth and, and 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 for healing and also it's not a linear process um, different people are going to need different things at different times um, and which is also part of, the, of it as well so um, it's it's not it's not a science it's really an art and it's really about how people learn to uh, tune into themselves to recognize what their needs are 
Yeah. Wow. Thanks. So it's not a straight. It's not going to be a set thing. You know, what it's going to be tailor made to your needs, your particular needs, and it's really about healing those emotions. Um, is what I'm hearing there. Um, anyone? Anything else we need to talk on this um, this subject before we wrap up this segment? Anything anyone else want to say before you all kind of let people know how they can get co- in contact with you? Yeah? No? no? Okay. So that is the next question. The next question is how can people get in contact with you and work with you and um, just find out more about what you're doing to help themselves um, with whatever issues they may feel, you know, they may need, they may want some help with. So um, what I'll do is, um, Yvonne, do you want to go first and just um, share your, your details and say a few things about what you do? Okay, I think we've Sorry, lost. I was muted. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so people can contact me um, via my website, yvonnejdouglas.com. They can connect with me on Facebook as well. Again, Yvonne J. Douglas. Um, I'm on LinkedIn um, and Instagram as well. Um, and what I do, I, 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 I'm a counsellor, so I help people through counselling. I'm a soul guide and spiritual healer and shamanic practitioner. So I also help people who are on a spiritual journey and awakening and maybe a little bit um, worried about what they're experiencing and thinking that they might be going crazy, but they're not. They're just going through a spiritual awakening and an ascension. So I help people with that as well. And I also do um, shamanic healing. So I help people with ancestral healing. And it's all a lot of it is energetic work as well as soul retrieval. So helping people who have had traumas and bringing back essences of their soul back so they feel like themselves once again and clearing and cleansing their energy field, their auras. Um, Sometimes we, when we've gone through a lot of negativity and traumas, we may have attachments, negative energy attachments to to us. So I help clear that as well. So I've I've worked very much with energy. Um, So yes, if anybody, if that's, sounds like that's what you might need then you can get in contact with me as i said my um website is www.yvonnejdouglas.com and you can actually book in a free telephone consultation with me via the website thank you yvonne um and janet do you want to share your details okay um i'm janet so um okay i'm my email is life for grace the number for grace at gmail.com um there where women who want to have a complimentary session can just get in touch with me and i can do that so any health and well-being goals that you want to work on um i'm actually in the midst of um designing a short course which probably next month um when i speak with you money i'll talk a little bit more about it but in in a nut in a nutshell, it's mainly looking at um, that explorative way that women that we can look at ourselves through through the world that we live in and what our needs and wants are. So the power of your own story, where you've been and where you've come to. Looking a little bit of what we talked about today on mental health, um, the way that society sees our body and what our body is for, and the other part of it is about self-love so that will probably be divided into four 
parts. Um, so yeah, I'm working on that. So hopefully I'll be able to say more and that will be um, out to the public sphere. So yeah, that's me. But oh, any questions people want to ask, um, even from the conversations that they're having today, and you want to chat a little bit more, I'm, you know, I'm all up for that because I feel that with dialogue, that's the way we learn. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Janet. Um, Kwame, do you want to share your details and um, let people know what you do and how you can help them? Sure. So, um, as I said in the in intro, I'm a, I'm a therapist in private practice and people can, can contact me or get find out about more about me um, via my website, which is um, kwameopoku.com, which is K-W-A-E. Opoku.com. Um, I'm also um, on Instagram, which is Kwame Poku Counseling. Um, that's just more for information purposes. I like to kind of post things um, for psycho psycho educational content and information. Um, and also, just I think something that um, I think Yvonne touched upon upon it as well is that um, around the impact of childhood trauma through the immigration process or people coming over from the Caribbean, people coming over from, from different parts of, of Africa. And um, just wanted to say that I've, I've um, helped to produce an information sheet which looks directly at that phenomenon of um, the impact of immigration on the Caribbean community with Dr. Elaine Arnold. Um, and it, it kind of touches upon the, the impact of those childhood separations and um, how how for a number of people they were quite traumatic and uh, and, and because they haven't necessarily been addressed as such um, unfortunately the, the legacy carries on in, in, in the present relationships that's it thank you thank you Kwame um, Gigi do you want to come forward and just share you know um, what your details with people and if they want to talk to you I know about business and what have you also, shout out to Desiree. Yes, you just took the word right out of my mouth. I have the greatest, I have the greatest publicist in the world. This young lady has really put me on the map. But what I really want to say is that I am very, I'm really, really humble right now because I get an opportunity to hear voices from around the world that experiences that face and experiencing some of the same things that I experience and face here in America. I've read books and things of that nature, but it's nothing like, as we have an old saying go like, hearing it straight from the horse's mouth. Doing this interview that we had today and what we we're talking about, I was just, I felt so honored to be on here and listen to all the different dialects, to listen to all the different accents and what it is that you do. I feel that this is a, this was more or less to me like a community interview to me because I feel, I feel, I feel connected to you. Even though we're in different parts of the world, but I feel connected to you. I, I mean, I feel it. I feel it in, in the pit of my heart. I feel like we experience some of the same things. Now, in addition to that, is that I'm not a therapist, and that's why I take my hat off to you guys because you guys are therapists. You've written books and stuff, and and I applaud you for that. All I can go off of just personal experience, personal experience of what I have experienced, what I have gone through. Now, in addition to that, I am an inventor. So being as an inventor, I invent back support belts. So I invent back support belts because I'm very much concerned about people being taking all of these dangerous 
uh, pain pills and, and these dangerous drugs that kill in your liver and messing up your heart and messing up your arteries. And that stuff is not healthy for you. So I'm a firm believer in that if you take care of the body, the body will take care of you. So you need to, so if you're having pain, like I am having pain with arthritis in my hips and my lower back, I had to change my diet. Listen to your body. Your body will tell you what it needs. I changed my diet. I drank more water. I stretched as much as I can possibly. I'm taking medication now. I mean, I'm taking meditating now, and I'm trying to get into yoga. And I'm feeling a lot better now, and I'm doing a lot better because you have to listen to your body. You you take care of your body. Your body will take care of you. I'm trying to I'm trying to create and I'm trying to invent products that help us stay away from man-made drugs. Now, excuse me. I'm not a like I said. I'm I'm not a, a therapist or anything. So if you contact me. It'll be more or less by me just telling you about my experience and what I've done to help myself get from point A to point B. And, and, and I'm hoping that what I'll share with you will be beneficial to you, but I would do as best I can for you. I'll give you my best, I'll give you what advice I can give from the best of my ability, but I think you'd probably be better talking to one of the other uh, uh, people here that actually have that type of experience. I'm a songwriter, singer, musician. If you want to contact me about music, I can talk to you about that as well. But I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm just, I'm just like you. I'm just one of you. It just so happens that I just listened to myself and, 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 and went back on my childhood to find out who I am. And for the grace of God, I have a good, I have a very good big brother. And my big brother, he, he gives me a lot of advice. And that that kind of keeps me on track as well. He's like the head of the family. So that kind of keeps me like on track as well. But outside of that, uh, I'm just grateful to be on here to been, and I'm, I'm, I'm humbly grateful that I've been given the opportunity to be on here and talk with people from around the world that, that, is, that is good at what they do. I really feel privileged. And I, and I, I want to give a shout out to my publicist once again, Ms. Desiree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Armani. Now, now before, before I go, I'm sorry. Just let me say, you can reach me at www.wegotcha. That's G-O-T-C-H-A, www.wegotyourback.com. That is my website, but I'm also going to be on Shopify. I'm also going to be on, on SA, and I'm also going to be on eBay. So you can reach my product out there. And I apologize. I'm done. Okay. And, you know, thank you um, so much as well, um, Gigi, because originally we booked this um, this um, this session, this, this, this show, to, to do um, a talk with you about your business and I really really wanted to bring in um, you know Yvonne and uh, Janet and Kwame who I've spoken to before about um, health and you know spirituality and I know for you um, Gigi that's a really important part as well and mental health so thank you for you know for us being able to have this conversation on the show that we booked you, you know I booked with you some time ago and really, you know, it's really been a great um, conversation and I'm getting some feedback that people um, are liking it. So thank you all for being here. And, um, you know, I, it's just been incredible. And I wish you continued success in all that you're doing and um, a wonderful, you know, festive time and um, a new year. And uh, before you go, what do you expect 20? What do you what do you expect 2021 to be? What are you what are you hoping for? Anybody? My life very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so um thank you all and I hope you've hope you've all enjoyed it as well and um yeah.
I like to say, I like to say before you go, I know 2021 going to be great because as long as there's a program like this, as long as there's a program like this that we that we, we can communicate around the world, mm -hmm. 2021 going to be great. Please, please give an opportunity to speak with the voices from around the world like you did today. I love this. This, <laughs> yeah, to me, are, is a community. We're going to do more. This, this is our community. It's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so important. And uh, the answers that, you know, all of you gave are so, so powerful, empowering and empowering. And we do need to have these conversations. We do need to look for solutions. And um, people need to know that, you know, there's people out here in the community who can help them. Mm. Yeah, and just each to one, say, um, each Imani, one, teach one. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, just to say, Mani, thank you for inviting us all on. It worked really well. <laughs> you know, it was a pleasure kind of just being alongside. And, and although we're talking, I'm sure we're listening and learning as well. So thank you to you. And, oh, um, thank you, Janet. I really, yes. really appreciate all of you so much, you know. Thanks, Imani. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing such oh, wonderful work. Thank, thank you, Ivan. You. you too. And thank you so much. Um, Kwame. You've given us... Yes, yeah, so thank you for, for, for inviting me and, and, and um, put, put this program together again. And um, wish everybody um, happy holidays and um, all the best for the year ahead. Awesome. Thank That's you all so thing. much. Yes. So it was, yes, to me, yeah, go ahead. To me, to me, this is a each one teach one <laughs> because I learned from every single person today. I learned from every single person. I've got notes. Copious <laughs> Yes. <laughs> each one teach one. I learned so much today. I can't wait until you have the next one. Oh, bless you. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing more of these. I really think they're very important. So, yeah. And, and I know Janet, you know, Janet has um, kind of instigated a lot of this um, group talking. So we'll definitely be doing more of these. So thank you all so, so much.
Enjoyed my conversation there with Gigi, Yvonne Douglas, Janet, Janet Brown, and Kwame Apoko. And this song is um, Gigi, and it's called I Take You There. And just hang in there, we've got more for you after the break. Thank you. 